bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful day in Hawaii, Nei, and it's great to be here at the Croc Center Church. So good morning. We're continuing this morning in our sermon series on Psalm 23. We're in Psalm 23. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to, uh, to Psalm 23 and follow along, um, I think I'm going to have the scriptures up here. And uh, a few weeks ago I challenged you to memorize, uh, memorize these six short verses. So what I think we're going to do is let's read the whole psalm together, just six verses, and I think we're going to do something different. We're going to have the women read the first verse, and then the men read the second. The women read the third, the men the fourth, the women the fifth, and then the, the men the sixth. Think you guys can do that? Okay, let's try it. Okay, women, you start with the first verse. Here you go. Ready, go. The men, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for your holy scriptures. And Lord, I thank you especially for this 23rd Psalm and what it means uh, to each and every one of us, how it describes you and your character and uh, your relationship with us. And so, Father, as we look into your word further this morning, we ask your blessing. I pray, Father, that you would uh, open our hearts and our minds to your Holy Spirit and to your word this day. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about sheep and the shepherd. And each year there comes a time in the life of the sheep when grazing has left the summer pastures bare. And the shepherd must lead the flock into higher ground to find new fields. The good shepherd takes his flock to the higher ground, knowing that even though there is danger along the way, the journey is necessary in order for the sheep to continue to grow to healthy maturity. And every mountain has its valleys, and the experienced shepherd knows which ones lead the way to greener pastures so that he can lead his flock through this path. And even though the way may be dark and dangerous, the experienced shepherd knows what he's doing, and he leads his sheep very well. So no doubt, this is what David was thinking when he wrote this psalm and when he wrote this particular verse that we're going to look at this morning. It's verse 4 in the 23rd Psalm. And we just read it just a few moments ago. And it says this, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff They comfort me. Today's message, today's sermon is about about the confidence and the assurance that we can have 
And knowing that God, our shepherd, is with us, that even during life's most difficult moments, particularly during those moments, he's with us. So let's take a closer look at this particular verse. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. With today's verse, Psalm 23 wouldn't be at all realistic. You're saying, what are you talking about, Major? I want you to take a look at these first three verses that we looked at at in, in the past three weeks. But when taken out of context, these three verses sort of paint an inaccurate picture, a rosy picture of what life is all about. Look at these verses. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says, I have everything I need. I eat in green pastures. I drink freely of the still waters. I'm walking a righteous path, and I'm giving glory to God all the way. You know, if Psalm 23 ended with verse 3, we would tend to think that our our life would be like like an all-expense trip paid to Disneyland. That life would always be fine and dandy and and hunky-dory. That it would be problem-free if all we did was just look at those first three verses. But David didn't stop there with verse 3. Instead, he added these words. The words we just read. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, it wasn't a rosy picture at all times. Life wasn't always problem-free. There were lots of other things going on in life. And when he says, when I walk through the valley of the shadow, he says, when I, it sort of means when I go through some really tough times in my life. When it feels like my whole world is caving in. And maybe for some, if you think about those valleys that we go through, maybe for some it's a serious health concern. Or maybe for others, it's a financial crisis. Or maybe for others, it's a breakdown in, in, our, in our marriage or in other relationships in our family. Or perhaps it's an, it's an overbearing boss at our work. And maybe there's someone here today who is walking through a dark valley right now. You see, David, David didn't use this phrase to suggest that it, that it may or it may not happen. He didn't say, well, perhaps I may someday encounter a dark valley. No, David said it like it is. He says, though I walk through the valley. It's a given fact. And that's the most important lesson. That's an important lesson for us believers to learn and to understand is this important point. You will, I will, we will, in fact, walk through the valley of the shadow at various times in our life. And it's not because God has abandoned you, and it's not because the Christian life doesn't work. It's because valleys are part of the journey of life. And we have to come to that realization. So how do we handle the dark valleys of life? Well, let me share a few facts about valleys that you need to remember whenever you're going through a tough time. The first thing is that valleys are inevitable. They're inevitable. They are going to happen. So you might as well count on them. Some of you, you may have just come out of a valley. 
Or perhaps some of you are right in the middle of a valley right now. And others, maybe you're probably headed toward one. But valleys happen throughout life, one after the other. After every mountaintop, there's a valley. And Jesus was very realistic about it. He said in John chapter 16, he says, in this world, this world that we live in, we will have trouble. He says that in John chapter 16. In this world we will have trouble, we will have sorrow, we will have trials and tribulations. So it's not, not a matter of if, but when it's going to happen. You're going to have, we're going to have difficulty and disappointment and discouragement in life. There will be times of suffering and sorrow and sickness. There will be times of frustration and failure and fatigue. And these things are going to happen. They're a normal part of life. And so we shouldn't be surprised about it. But valleys are inevitable. Now some of you are probably thinking, wow, Major Lum, I I came to church today to hear the good news, something positive something hopeful. This is really depressing. (laughs) But let me tell you, life is real, isn't it? And I think most of us have experienced enough life to know that the valleys are real. That the storms of life are real. That the struggle is real. And we live in a broken world, don't we? And we we know that it's real. And we can't always sugarcoat everything, even from a Christian perspective. So number one, valleys, they're inevitable. They are a part of life. And the Word of God addresses these things. They don't sugarcoat them. The second thing about valleys, valleys are unpredictable. They're unpredictable. You can't plan them. You can't time them. You can't schedule them out. Valleys are always unexpected. They usually come at the worst time, when you, when you don't have time, when you're, when you're unprepared. Have you ever had a flat tire at a good time? <laughs> no, they just happen. And usually when you least need them and, and at the most inconvenient time. You see, valleys are like that. Valleys come suddenly. They're unpredictable. Have you ever noticed how, how easily a good day can become a bad day? Just one phone call? Just one text message? Just one routine doctor's checkup? Just a freak accident? Valleys just happen, and they're unpredictable. So they're inevitable, they're unpredictable. The third thing about valleys, valleys are impartial. They're impartial. No one is immune to them. No one is insulated from pain and sorrow. No one gets to skate through life problem-free. I wish it were so. I wish it were so. But everybody has problems. Good people and bad people. We all have problems and trials and difficulties and, and disturbances and downtimes and depression. And, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you're a person. It doesn't mean you're an evil human being. It just means that you're a human being. You see, the Bible is very clear that 
that good things happen to bad people. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. You see, valleys are impartial. They don't care how good or bad you are. In fact, in in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says that God gives the sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on both the just and the unjust. And so that means that none of us are exempt from dark valleys. We all walk through it at one time or the other. But here's what I want you to know. When you're walking with the shepherd, when you're walking with the good shepherd, the dark valley always leads to a higher ground. Remember, the shepherd's taking the sheep to the higher ground. And sometimes to get to that higher ground, you need to walk through the valleys. So we've got to keep the end in mind. You see, I've known people who who've entered the valley and never left it. The death of someone close, a failed relationship, a financial crisis, an unresolved conflict, these experiences can make life seem like a very dark valley. And some people enter that valley and unfortunately they stay there. They let the experience make them bitter They let it keep them from moving on. They say, if this is the best God can do, then I'll just forget it. I just won't believe anymore. I just won't follow anymore. I'll just stay here with my anger and my pain, and I'm better off on my own. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie The Shack. It just came out a week or so ago, and it's currently showing in the theaters. There you go, it's up there. But it's, about a, it's a story about a, name, a man named Mac who, goes, who himself goes through a very, very dark valley in his life. And I was in Phoenix about a week ago and when the movie came out, so I was staying with my sister, so we went to see it. And as I was watching it, I was already, already thinking about this sermon and prepping for it. And as I watched the story unfold, and I won't tell you what the story is if you haven't seen it, But it reminded me of what I'm trying to say today. That we all go through some valleys. Some pretty dark times. Uh, And this man was faced with that. Um, If you're a moviegoer, I would encourage you to go and see the movie and watch it. I think my wife is probably going to watch it tonight. My wife and I. And uh, aren't we? We are. But I would recommend you watch the movie. I normally don't recommend movies. But think about, but as you watch the movie, if you watch it, think about what I'm saying today about going through the valleys and pushing through up to that higher ground. I think of my own story, some of the valleys that I've been through. I still remember, and it's indelibly marked in my memory, I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. I left home to go to school. The second semester started, and my father, who was 47 years old at the time, had a massive heart attack and died unexpectedly. Talk about a valley. Here I was, just a young kid, didn't even know who I was as a person, leaning so much on my own father, and all of a sudden he's gone. 
I felt completely lost. I was in a valley. How many of you have a story like that? Being in a place where it seems like the, the floor is just ripped off from under you and your whole life comes caving in. I'm sure most of you here can share your own dark valley story. But we can't pretend for a minute that the valley isn't dark. We can't pretend that it isn't difficult. We can't pretend for a minute that we have a quick and easy answer to the question of why did this happen to me? I can only say that it happens to all of us. We all walk through the valley of the shadow. And you may not understand why you must pass through this valley, but you can let God use this valley to lead you to higher ground in your personal life. You can use this valley to draw near to God. So I want us to take a look at the next part of this verse. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I don't know if any of you have been to a dark valley, but have any of you ever been through a dark alley? Right? Any of you walked through a dark alley? Probably try to avoid them, right? But if you had to walk through a dark alley in a strange city, you're probably a little bit cautious and you may be a little bit fearful and a little bit afraid. But it's interesting that David, as he describes going through this dark valley, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He wasn't running. He wasn't cowering behind anything. He was confidently walking through the valley. Why? Because the good shepherd was there. His heavenly father was there. But the natural product of a dark valley or a dark alley is fear, isn't it? You're afraid. And yet David confidently says here, even though I'm walking through this dark valley, he says, I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid because thou art with me. You are with me, God. You know, it took me a long time to learn that fear, and all of us face fears of one sort or the other, it took me a long time to learn that fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. I always thought it was just an emotion that we can't control. And yet, as we look in the scriptures, do you know how many times in the Bible it tells us not to be afraid and not to fear? Fear not. Do not be afraid. Do you know how many times anybody know? Just off the top of your mind? Over 365 times that phrase is used. That's one per day. We're constantly being, remind, constantly being reminded by God to not be afraid. You see, more than once, Jesus says, do not be afraid, just believe. He said that to his disciples as they were on the Sea of Galilee in, in their fishing boat and the storms came up. He said, do not be afraid, only believe. He said that to the woman at the garden tomb on that first resurrection Sunday. He said, do not be afraid. The angels said that to Mary as they, they visited with her to announce the birth of her child. They said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And so when David says here 
In Psalm 23, verse 4, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's talking about the same thing. He's saying, I choose not to be afraid. Instead, I choose to believe. It's a choice. It's a choice. I choose not to be afraid. Instead, I choose to believe. And that's what God wants us to do, to choose. It's a deliberate act. And how do I choose not to be afraid when I'm walking through this horrible valley, through this horrible experience? How do I choose not to be afraid? I choose it by focusing, by focusing on God's power and not on my problem. That's how you do it. You focus on God and his power and his authority and not on your problem. You see, you can take two people and put them in the same identical situation, whether it's a tragedy or a crisis or whatever. One of them will be devastated by it, and the other will actually be strengthened by it. One of them falls apart, and the other one gets stronger. The difference is what you're focusing on. You see, you need to focus not on your circumstances, but on Christ. You need to focus not on the situation, but on the Savior. Not on your problems, but on God's power and his promises for you. Colossians 1.11 says, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes, but you will be patient. So choose not to be afraid, but instead choose to believe in God's power in God's promises. And then the second part of that sentence says, I will, no, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. If you read the scriptures closely, as we looked at those first three verses, as David describes God, his heavenly Father, as the good shepherd, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he uses the personal pronoun to describe God. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. And if you know your grammar, that's the third person pronoun, he. But yet, when we get to verse four, and David's walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he doesn't say he, He says, you. He says, thou art with me. You are with me. All of a sudden, David is not talking about God, but he's talking to God. Do you see the difference? He's not talking about God, but because he's going through that valley, his his relationship with God is in a lot more intimate nature. He's talking to God, not just talking about God. So I'm not sure what dark valleys you may be experiencing today. But take comfort in the fact that no matter what, no matter how afraid or no matter how alone you feel, remember that God is with you. That you are not alone. That God not only promises promises us his power in the valley, but he promises us his presence. He's right there with us. You will never have to go through a valley in your life by yourself. 
You will never go through a dark day alone. God said, I will be with you. And I leave this last verse with you this morning. One of my favorite verses, it's Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. This is a promise from God. He says, when you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When when you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. You're not going to drown. You're not going to burn. You're not going to die. God says, I am with you. I will be with you every step of the way. We're going to play a song right now. And it's a song that really speaks to my heart, and I hope it speaks to your heart as well. And I'm going to ask you, if you'd want to just close your eyes and bow your heads. There'll be a video on the screen, and you can watch it if you want to. But I want you to let the song minister to you. As I said earlier, I don't know what your situation is. If you're in a valley, or if you're heading into a valley, or if you're coming out of a valley... But just know that God loves you with an everlasting love. He cares for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, whatever the odds are, whatever's happening, just remember, God loves you. He may be taking you through this valley of the shadow of death, but there's a purpose for that, and it's to reach that higher ground. So just listen. Allow God the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart this morning as you listen to this song. I'd like to pray for you this morning. If there's a special need or concern in your heart, just slip up your hand and slip it down. I'll be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Amen. Many hands being raised. We are a needy people. We need the Lord in our lives. He's always there. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are our good shepherd. And you lead us, Lord, in the paths of righteousness. Sometimes, Lord, those paths take us down to the deep, dark valleys. But even while we're there, Lord, You're right there alongside of us, holding our hand, guiding us along, encouraging us along, reminding us again of who you are. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, because you lead us up into that higher ground. And so, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for those who've raised their hands this morning. You know their hearts, you know what's going on in their lives. And just by a simple act of faith of lifting their arm, they're saying, God, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you in this situation. And so, Father, we lift up our hands to you and we surrender ourselves to you. And we ask you to come and touch our lives. And so, Father, I I pray a special blessing on those who raise their hands today. And, Father, keep reminding us this day of who you are and what you have done for us and what you continue to do for us 
each and every day. And Father, during those times of loneliness, during those times of despair and disillusionment and disappointment and all those other things that are a part of our lives, we know, Father, that you love us with an everlasting love and you care for us with your mercy and with your grace and with your compassion. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. Continue to pour out your grace upon us. We are a needy people, Lord, and we need you so much. So, Lord, thank you again. Thank you again for this precious time. I ask that you would seal those conversations and those commitments that we've made this day to you. And just keep reminding us, Father, that you are the Good Shepherd. We love you. We praise you. We worship you. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 God bless you.